So it's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach here in Oslo, Norway again, talking to Chris Pine from his website. Chris is a programmer. He used to make computer games. Now he works at the Opera and teaches people how to program. One of those ways is his website, Learn to Program, now a book from the Pragmatic Programmers. So hello. Hi. Why do you think Ruby is a good language for people to learn as their first programming language? Well, I think the there are two big things. One, it's uh, it's easy, and two, it's fun, and that's those are good reasons. That's why you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's really what you need for people who are who are learning to program. They need to be they need to be motivated. So it needs to be fun and easy. Of course, it's easier to learn something easier than something that's hard. That's you know, not a very deep statement, but there you go. Well, I started out when I was in fourth grade. We had some old TRS eighties, and I learned a little bit of basic. I don't think we could even. Well, we saved some programs onto a cassette tape. So I think if we got in a big enough program that we could type it in twenty minutes, then we we'd save it. But what did you, what was your first first programming language? What did you start out with? It was C, actually. Okay. Yeah, and that, that it wasn't until college. I was. Uh, I always thought that, you know, programming was probably something I should end up doing, but just never got around to it, never got around to it until until college, and uh, and I had to, and it was C, and it was awful. It was awful. I was terrible. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, of course, you know, for the past uh, six, seven years, I've been programming in C and C++ every day, so... Uh, so you learned it eventually. I got around to it, but, but yeah, first... The, the learning experience for me was particularly painful. Did that So that probably helped you when you started teaching other people to learn to program. You knew the things that were, were hard for you. It wasn't like it all came natural and you had to kind of figure out why is it so hard to learn, learn to program. You had a little experience of that firsthand. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think that that would have, like... Help me do a better job, but actually not. Oh, did I started okay. out trying to teach people how to program in C, and okay. it was terrible. But but then I remembered. See, then then I really remember. See, at, at that point, I had been programming for several years, so I had forgotten that C was one time really really hard for me. It, it had been years, you know, since since I had totally gotten it. So, uh, but seeing people learning it again, I'm like, oh yeah, this was awful, you know. I and I it did not seem to me that I had. Uh, well, I, I couldn't figure out why it was so difficult to teach it. Um, partly because I taught math, you know, I was I was teaching uh, calculus, um, and I felt like that went pretty well. But uh, teaching programming is just really, really painful, and uh, and I, I knew there had to be a better way. So, how did you discover or learn Ruby? Was that in the process of of trying to teach other people and think, hey, I need a different program language other than C? teach people or was it some other way that you discovered Ruby? Yeah, it was, it was uh, by pure coincidence at that time I, uh, I read that Dr. Dobbs article that the um, Pragmatic Programmers wrote about Ruby. Okay. Uh, that was what, 2000, 2001, somewhere right. around there. And not even thinking about teaching programming, just thinking like, wow, you know, that looks really fun. That looks like a really neat language. I'm going to try it out. And I bought their book, really good book, got into it, and then it occurred to me, hey, this is this is what I should be teaching, you know? And I still didn't realize that, like, this is vastly, vastly better for teaching, in particular. You know, it just seemed like, well, it's a nice language, I like it, so I'll teach it instead of C. But then, it, you know, 
once it happened, once I did like, a, again, a bad job, I mean, looking back now, like the way I was teaching, it was bad. I was doing things in the wrong order. I was making all kinds of what are now very obvious mistakes, but it still went well. It was just fun, you know? The kids enjoyed it. So I thought, wow, this is, you know, that there's really something here. And what, were you teaching at a university or a high school or oh, no, I've, different ages? Yeah, this is always um, uh, what I did. I volunteered working with gifted students Okay. who were um, not really getting much out of their normal classes. So uh, when I was teaching calculus, I was teaching calculus to like, 12-year-olds. Wow. Um, yeah, bright kids, you know, <laughs> obviously. Um, and calculus isn't as hard as people make it out to be, but but uh, it certainly helps if you know, you're a genius, which <laughs> these kids were. Uh, but that was not enough <laughs> to learn C, you know? I mean, yeah. like, and, and I'm sure they could have gotten it. I got it. We all, we, we all got it eventually. But uh, it was painful, and there's just no reason that it needed to be painful. Um, it, you know, it could have been beautiful. It could have been fun. And, uh, and with Ruby, it was. So some people think that beginners should learn C. I know at a lot of universities, the very first programming language, you know, programming language it will be C or it will be Java, and a lot of people think, well, C teaches you the bare basics of, of how computer languages work with pointers and memory and all this kind of stuff, or, or Java is immediately marketable and people can get a job in Java, but it seems like for grade schoolers or 12 years, those, those reasons don't really mean a lot. Do you think there's still a valuable value for people learning those kind of languages early on, or... Does computer science move so fast that people just need to wait until they're actually of job uh, career age and then learn whatever's current at the time? Well, I don't know. That's um, that that last part is, is an interesting idea, but I, I I think it's not so much an issue of the age of the person who's learning. Okay. I think that you know when someone's learning to drive, like do you you know do you take them out on the streets and and drive around a bit, take them to a, a parking lot, show them where the you know, the gas pedal, the brake pedal, or do you rebuild an engine with them? You know, like who? This isn't. Yeah, we'll start by making the car, and then once we yeah, the yeah, car, you know, because we'll it's important to to, to 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 learn the basics. And you know, for one thing, it's not important for everyone to learn the basics. Um, but if someone is really interested in cars and they want to, you know, be a mechanic, then that's that that that's great. You know, I've got nothing. You know, I've got no problem with that. But that's just. Not how you learn how to drive, you know. Like yeah. uh, the, the the other thing is that is that uh, you're talking about learning how to program, and and I think that what programmers forget, you know, people who have been programming a long time, especially, that, that, that there are a lot of concepts about programming that are are just are just second nature to us. Just basic stuff like you know how function calls work, passing parameters in, yep. getting them back, passing by value, passing by reference, uh, loops. How does a loop work? You know, like when you have a problem that requires, you know, some part of it needs to be done over and over again, how do you translate that into a loop? Uh, this is stuff that's hard. And so, like, if if you have to learn all this stuff at the same time that you're, you know, fighting with C, uh, you know, you have to remember that you have to put a semicolon here, that you have to make sure that, uh, or, or Java, you got, you know, your, your uh, public static void main, blah, 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 you know, like... It's just it's a lot of extra stuff that you just don't need to worry about, and once you do know how to program the basics of how to how to think in, you know, to, to think algorithmically, th then it makes sense to you know tackle a, a 
more challenging language if they need to. If I was going to start teaching programming, I think, okay, well, first we need to talk about objects and how things interrelate in the flow of program. But no, you have to start even yeah, <laughs> earlier than yeah. that. It's like, okay, what's a number? What's a, a variable? Yeah. And then when you do that, but by the, in the book by chapter six or seven or something, when you do mention classes, it's like, well, then people have learned, run through enough of these other topics enough in the previous chapters that it makes sense and okay, now this is the next step and it it works to introduce it in that order. So that seems like that might have, was that a big task to figure out what order do I teach these things in? Yeah, oh, definitely. And I got to say that, you know, the first time I was, you know, teaching people how to program, it was the exact same thing. I thought, okay, you know, okay well, you know, What's what's most basic here? Well, objects. Of course, if you're teaching Ruby. You're you know this is a seriously object-oriented language, so of course you can talk about objects, right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to, to 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 a new programmer. You know, to say something is an object, that's like saying a thing is a thing. You know, it doesn't mean anything to them. I, I did it wrong at first, and it was only through a lot of iterations with people. You know, testing it on people, much like programming. You know. You've, you've got to test a tutorial over and over and over again. That's the only way it's going to be any good. And uh, I don't know. Maybe someone is far more talented at, than I am at you know teaching or programming for that matter. But I I can't do it without testing. I, I, I can't do it well without testing. And uh, you know testing showed that wow people are having problems with things that would never occur to me are problems. I tried to sneak in talking about objects. Um, you know well I tried to sneak in terminology. Sneak an object or in terminology. Yes. I would talk about, you know, these are strings, these are integers. Yep. Uh, and these are things you can do to strings. And, oh, hey, you know, it's it's of class string. Like, I mentioned that much later. But, right. uh, yeah. By the time you explain what kind of object a string is, then you've already mentioned that term a few times. People are familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, the whole timing... Of, of what you did to me seemed perfect. You had a couple months or a year of developing the website, and then you took a, a year to polish and refine the book. And at about that time, wow, Ruby now is is much more popular, and many people <laughs> want to learn Ruby. So I wonder how did you get that foreknowledge that okay, in two years, <laughs> Ruby's there's going to be a huge wave of popularity of Ruby. I better write a book about. How well, no, I don't think it. it. I don't think it quite worked that way. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say. I would say two things. One, I could tell right away that Ruby was good. Okay. That there was quality there, and if it didn't make it big, it should. So, and that was, you know, that was back uh, when, when I first saw Ruby. But then, as as far as the the timing of the of the book and stuff, uh, I mean, when I, when I started the tutorial, and I, I think it's been about two years on the tutorial. Two years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two years of like, you know, I work on it a week and put it away for three months until someone emails me back and says, hey, it's really good, why don't you finish it? I'd be like, oh, well, okay, so I'll write another chapter. W- which is, is painful, it was really difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm not a writer, I'm not good at it. <laughs> so it took a lot of work and then a lot of testing, you know. But the fact is, I, I, I think that it's, it's precisely because there weren't that many people who were learning Ruby at the time that I didn't get a lot of feedback and so I didn't work very fast. As soon as I started getting a lot of questions about it, you know, then it was on my mind, and so then I'm like, oh, I really should finish this thing. Jeez, I'm getting three emails a day about wow. this tutorial, I'm going, I've, I've got to finish it. So finally, after, you know, two months of just getting, you know, pounded by people, like, finish it, finish it, I did. 
and, uh, and again, I think like the, the offer for the pragmatic programmers to, you know, hey, this is nice, why don't we make it a book? I think that only happened when they saw, wow, there are a lot of people picking up on Ruby. Okay. We ought to, you know, this is, this is actually a, you know, this is a worth money sort of a thing, not just a, you know, a nice website. Well, I think it's a great idea, and I know a lot of, well, I took, you know, American school in Taiwan for two years, and we thought about some different things, but I wasn't really that familiar with Ruby, but that it would be perfect for that kind of a situation, and even, hopefully, I'm going to be going down to Ghana, Africa, Ooh. maybe in the next six months, and they're going to buy a bunch of copies, so, and I know <laughs> it's been translated, right, it's in Japanese, and I think... French or are there other languages? Oh, you know, I think there's a maybe a French and an Italian um, translation of the book underway. I'm not positive about that. Okay. Uh, there is a Japanese translation of the book, and then of the tutorial, yeah, there's French and Japanese, and uh, I think there's a Spanish, Russian, and Chinese going on right now. I actually have a copy of the of the book uh, of, of the Japanese uh, translation, and it was actually translated by the same guy who translated the website, so that was nice. They sent me a, a copy of the book and a whole bunch of Japanese goodies, little candies and nice little uh, stuffed animal-y things and things I don't really know how to describe because <laughs> I don't have a sufficient Japanese vocabulary for them, I guess. We just don't have words for certain things in English, but I got them and they're cool. So you've done much more than just write a best-selling book about learning Ruby. You worked uh, video game programming and now uh, your opera software I know that Python is used a lot for video game scripting do you think Ruby could ever have a place in in that in video game scripting or is it not well suited for that kind of thing well I think uh, it would help if if people put more effort into making Ruby faster okay uh, Ruby so that is, would make a difference yeah I you know honestly I don't think that um, I don't think that Ruby needs to be any faster to be yeah. useful in, in in these ways, but I, I think that people aren't going to take it seriously enough okay. unless that did happen. But it probably won't happen anyway, um, partly because uh, because Python's already doing pretty well. Yeah, it does a good job know? at it. Um, people are familiar. Uh, they've Lua is also uh, fairly popular uh, in in uh, in games also, and uh, so I'm, I'm guessing that you know because there are there's there's some momentum there there are you know articles and books uh, you know being being made about how to you know write major portions of your of your game engine in, in python or lua so um i'm guessing that ruby is, is just not going to break into that market but there's no reason it couldn't certainly with the increased attention on ruby then there's also increased debate about well is it good for this or that situation and people say well the, the interpreter is slow you touched on that a little bit and hey, maybe it's it's fast enough for the things that we need to do with it. Uh, you know, the community is too small, and maybe there aren't enough libraries. Do you think those are a problem for Ruby as a language? Well, not really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, honestly, you know, Ruby has been hearing those same things for ever. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, for, for it's certain as long as I've known about Ruby, it's the exact same things over and over again. And it's not to say that they're not true, but I think it is to say that they don't really matter. Like, clearly Ruby has been surviving and thriving despite these things. Um, 
you know, does Ruby have a shortage of libraries? Uh, it always has enough for me. I, I mean, how many, uh, you know, how many database adapters do you need, right? <laughs> I mean, if you got one that works, that's fine. I, I mean, I'm sure, sure that people who need, you know, more specialized stuff, but uh, yeah, I've never, never really felt like there's a, a great need. And as far as Ruby being slow, I, you know, it's fast to program in, it's slow to compute, and the fact is that computers are getting faster and we're exactly. not. So I, it just seems like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it doesn't matter, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. Um, you know, I just got a computer that's probably 10 times faster than my old one, so if Ruby's, you know, one tenth the speed, then it's as fast as Z, sort of, all of a sudden. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I just don't think it matters. Well, as a final request, I'm sure you have a ton of free time. I know you have two kids who probably don't take up much of your time, and you have a full-time <laughs> job, and you live in a beautiful country of Norway that you need to explore. But if you have time to write a, uh, a Ruby-themed video game involving Chunky Bacon and Cartoon Foxes, I would appreciate that. Yeah, actually, uh, I was, I was going to do that as my next project. <laughs> it's I'm, your next. I'm, I'm all over it, yeah. I'm sure you get a lot of community <laughs> feedback. Yeah, as long as Y will do the art, I'll do the programming. All right. That's an offer. <laughs> well, thanks. Beautiful office here at Opera Software. Do you care to tell us a little bit what are you doing at Opera? And what the Opera web browser used on all kinds of handhelds, phones, of course, desktop versions as well. Yeah, I'm not sure how many devices we run on. Not 30 or 40 or something ridiculous. Yeah, Opera, is, it's, a, it's a great company. It's a beautiful browser. I know it's not open source, but I, I tell you, I just the user experience that I get in Opera is, is unparalleled in, in any other browser, even Firefox, even installing every extension I can find that will maybe give me what I want that's already there in Opera. It's, uh... Well, thank you. Thanks. Chunky Baker, Chunky Baker, Chunky Baker, Chunky Baker, Chunky Baker.